song to set me free. Nobody writes them like they used to, so it may as well be me. Here am I now after hours. Here am I now on a bus. Think of it this way: you could either be successful or be us. With our winning smiles and our hands, with our catchy tunes or words. Now a photogenic, you know, we don't stand a chance. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas. And my name is Beverly Bryan. And Bev, what are we listening to? This is Bell and Sebastian, Get Me Away From Here, I'm Dying, one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, considering that this is a uh, a recap episode about Normal and, uh, what do you call it, South by Southwest, whew, I think the song has the right idea. I'm exhausted. I'm still dead. Yes, I'm dying. <laughs> it, yes, I'm at the existential exhaustion that matches this. Phil and Sebastian just gets us right now. So fried. Good God, so fried. Let's finish the song out. We're back. Uh, yeah, for real. We are, like, back, back. Like, you know, like, baby got back. Um, that was a roller coaster ride of two weeks there, Bev. It sure was. I'm, like, I really, I, I came back with food poisoning. I thought I had a pneumonia. Um, I had to, like, go to work the next day. So, like, I was, like, you know, just at work with a fever, the shakes, you know. It was... It was not attractive. Um, I'm glad that you didn't have pneumonia. I, I Yeah, like, well, I mean, I slept, in, in three days I slept, like, you know, 30 hours. It was terrible. You were going, you were going strong the whole time you were there. That was, that was amazing. South by Southwest, 
You were a hero. Adrenaline, baby. You know what it is. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't have much um, adrenaline. Yeah. I think, I mean, I had a blast, but I think we can both agree that it was a rough, rough time. I thought it was kind of scary. Yeah. The, um, there's a lot of people. That, you know, I was I was talking to someone like so. Um, listeners are um, we were hosted by a beautiful, lovely, phenomenal young queen of Austin. Her name is Jenny, a good friend of mine from my South America days, and uh, she's, she's a, the sweetheart of the rodeo. She of really my is. heart. My goodness, Jenny is the shit. Um, and so she, you know, she lives in Austin, and she stayed with us, and she's like, you know, she's just talking about like, oh my god, I. You know, and and this is apparently a common Austin complaint that just like, oh my God, all these people that come into town and it's just like, everybody's so disruptive and like this town is like so cool and so nice and it's just like all these furriners. Um, and, and like, I actually have to agree with her. I mean, I don't, I don't mind crowds. I mean, we live in New York City, you know. I mean, no, but this, this was, these were crowds. You could not move. This was yeah. like Times Square times Rush three yeah. and it, I, it worried me. Well, but you know, everyone was chill. It was fine, yeah. except for like some surly bouncer people. Yeah. Um, well, it also coincided with St. Patrick's Day, which was really unfortunate. Ooh, um, yeah. You know, there was heckling. There was an excess amount of overly intoxicated bros. Um, Everything was this awful shade of Kelly Green. <laughs> I don't mind Kelly. Kelly's my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But anyway, um, you know, and before uh, our South by Adventures happened, I did get a chance to, you know, peek into, uh, I went to Mexico City, I went to Festival Normal, um, and, you know, I, from the lineup, I really covered all the, you know, sort of the big noteworthy names uh, to check out in our previous episode, which you should absolutely check. Uh, check out. It was called Gotta Catch Em All, and that's exactly what we did. That is what we did. And now um, we're tired. And now we're tired. I mean, you know, everything has a consequence. Some of them put up a fight. <laughs> they did. Um, but, you know, before we move into, like, the full South by Southwest blowout, I do want to highlight uh, uh, two artists. Um, and I'm going to start with Bluehost, which were one of my favorite uh, discoveries of the whole experience at Normal. Uh, and they actually opened the festival. Day one, band number one. Broad um, daylight. Yep. Two o'clock, two p.m. Nothing to hide, no fear, <laughs> nowhere to hide, really, even. Um, and so, Bluehost are uh, a synth pop group. Um, two main, uh, two main members are Azim Susano and Alex Gonzalez, and they're based in Mexico City. Um, they've put out a series of EPs. Uh, they're all over SoundCloud. They do a lot of remixes, and it's really, they're really just a fun party band. Uh, it's all synth. It's really dancey, beachy. Uh, very like Miami horror, very like sort of that like that Australian electronic scene, very like cut mm. copy. Um, but it's just fun. It, they were really really fun. And again, like they, the day one at, at Normal was a little uh, weird in that like everybody showed up early. Uh, it had a you know Normal had a really strong lineup this year, and and nobody wanted to miss anybody. So by two p.m. Mm. it was already packed, um, which was which was just so unusual. Um, so again, I want to start for any want, music festival, yeah. But yeah. like, I haven't listened to these guys yet, so I'm excited. Yeah, uh, and so we're gonna start with uh, a track called "Undecided," which was just very decisive, if you ask me. 
als bin dir aus. All my life was sick for the love, was sick for the love. So what do you think of that? Blue Host. I was very into that. I, I totally get the um, cut copy comparison. Or is it is it Hot Chip? Uh, I don't hear... I mean, I'm not actually a big Hot Chip fan. I feel like their music is a little vapid. Um, I like... I, to me, they sound most like Miami Horror, um, which... Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, you're that splitting too. hairs of synth that, pop here that, at this point. That but. sunny, kind of glowing... Very beachy. Airy. Yeah, I like it. I liked the, um, and then I liked the vocoder because it like brings robots to the beach mm-hmm. and it, it was very kind of weird and sexy and was into that. Do electric bikini models dream of electric beaches? I can't answer that question. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. And so normal, uh, normal is, is my favorite time of the year. I, I love normal. Um, <sighs> again, guys, that's, that's where Bev and I met. 
Um, it's just a really cool, fun time. Lots of, you know, freaks and geeks, plenty of hipsters, plenty of just random people who just want to see cool things. Um, that's, that's one thing where it's like, this is a festival I would go to again for actually fun. Yeah. Because there's, it's like, there's people around you would want to hang out with at a music festival. And that's so weird and great. I mean, and like, it's really cool because A, it's super affordable. It's like, it's 50 bucks for the whole weekend, which, you know, obviously like if you're like a, just a Mexican college student, that might actually be a lot. It is. Um, a bit. but like when you consider that normal does sideshows, that normal does, um, you know, like little conferences, like things, p- partnerships with Nodo and Arca, not the producer of the website. Um, you know, like I went, I, I always make sure to get there early in the week so that I can actually go see conversations uh, or interviews with, uh, or workshops with the artists. So for example, um, there was this thing called the edgy show, um, which was, or a show, uh, which was a kind of a late night themed sort of talk show situation. That sounds um, like fun. Yeah, it was really cool. It was hosted by Ejival, um, who is kind of like the CEO at Excessis Records. Um, but, um, and it was co-hosted by Tony Gallardo, a.k.a. Marie Jose, a.k.a. El Capricho, a.k.a. 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 Um, and it was really fun, and it's just like they had different... Boy de la Costa. Boy de la Costa. I mean, you know, the man with more names than Lucifer. Um, and so... It's very appropriate. <laughs> and so they had different guests, like Los Walters. Uh, they had Cakes Tequila. They had Jaco Aino Kalevi. Um, wow. yeah, they had some, or Yako, but, uh, they had like, you know, they had these really, really great guests. Um, and so they also, and like the, this was free, this was completely free. Um, just at the, uh, Spanish cultural center in downtown Mexico city. Um, and all you had to do was go and like, you know, sign in put with your email and that was it. Uh, you didn't even have to RSVP or anything. You could just show up. Um, and no, it was, I think, I think normal is good people. And yeah. like they, you know, and the food is good and you, you really get like a return on your investment. Absolutely. No and matter, they were, they no were giving what. away tickets for free. Really? Just like, yeah. They were like. To oh, normal? To yeah. the festival? Mm-hmm. Really? They How? were just like, hey guys, so, um, we're going to do a little raffle. Um, who needs a ticket to, to normal? And like a couple people put up their hands. They brought what? them on stage. They were like, all right, so here are, um, just name three artists that are performing at normal. And, like, half the people couldn't actually guess <laughs> who was playing. Um, or they, like, they had, like, the little, a little slideshow that they prepared. They're like, all right, so identify Grenda. And then they had, like, you know, a band. Uh, no, my favorite one was, like, all right, so we're going to show you some pictures. Identify the band Deer Hunter. And so they had two pictures of the band Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter is pretty easy to spot. Um, and then, but the one that the guy chose was a picture of the cast from the film Deer Hunter. Which was phenomenal. Like, I'm like, that's Christopher Walken. (laughs) That is not an indie rocker. Um, Although Christopher Walken fronting an indie rock band. Fronting Deer Hunter. I mean, I would go. I would go see that. I would be there just for the spoken word. Um, But yeah, I mean, and it's a a really fun time. Um, You know, and the people are great. Uh, The music is just awesome. One thing that I was not a fan of uh, this time around is that there were a lot of drugs. Um, and look, I'm no prude, you know, we all have our vices, mine is alcohol, and I enjoy it, and I'm a party boy, and I have a great goddamn time, 
And I'm not here to judge anybody. And like as soon as people pull out the, you know, the bowls and they light up, hey, it's a concert, whatever. But people were a mess. People were on the floor. People were in the bushes, See, passed out. Everybody. That I, I'm. I don't have a problem with people doing drugs, but I want to see professionalism. Right. You know, keep it together. Like there were like, I knew multiple people who were on acid. Never um, the amateur hour. Yeah. I'm disappointed. People, I mean, and like, again, you know, if you're having a good time, it's whatever. But once it renders you incapable of actually enjoying the experience. Yeah. Like you would, hopefully it would like, you know, make you, you would have it calibrated to just the point where it would make the bands better yeah as opposed to causing you to miss them oh no that's not the idea friends like actual friends of mine who were like melting into the ground it was very strange you Um, are you sure you weren't on drugs i was not unfortunately when your friends are melting sometimes well anyway that's how they felt i mean but anyway (laughs) um but anyway but again there was some incredible incredible music um you know and 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 on the latin side again los walters were phenomenal los piranhas blew everybody out of the water uh me too were spectacular if me too is ever in your town run don't walk run to see me too me too were phenomenal um, I have to see them. Yeah, they, it was, and like, you know, remember when they were on tour with Bomba Stereo? Yeah, that we actually missed them? them. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. never have I regretted this. Is this guy's is why you show up early to a show because these guys were spectacular, and I've been kicking myself ever since I saw them for missing them at that other show. Um, but I want to talk about um, Lao. Lau is a uh, DJ, producer, overall performer, and cool person. Yes, we need to talk about Lau. Um, Lau ate Festival Normal. He just murdered it. He just came in, played some records, pissed on the stage, walked off. Like, this man was incredible. Um, his set was absolutely incredible for me. I mean, and obviously like, you know, everything is subjective and, you know, some people were really excited to see bands like, you know, Deer Hunter or, or Slow Dive or Low and, you know, that's I admit, fine. I kind of would have wanted to see Slow Dive. Right. And I mean, you would have ditched me and in, in a heartbeat <laughs> because I thought it was terrible. Um, but I like, you know, in terms of like the, even on the electronic side, Lau really came out on top. Um, you know, he he was kind of in a tough position. He was placed, uh, he was on the lineup between Mum Dance and Future Brown. And everybody was really excited for Future Brown. Um, and they actually were a bit disappointing. They were... You know, people gave them, you know, their album got negative reviews. Did it really? Yeah. It got kind of panned by Pitchfork. There was a whole, like, hoopla about it, actually. Really? Because, I mean, I liked it. I, I didn't hate... I mean, I wasn't, like, overwhelmed by it, but it was, it was a good album. I mean, I think there are some hot tracks on there. Absolutely. You know? Um, I mean, you know, the Maluka tracks and the Tink tracks are really, really interesting. The Kelela tracks are, you know, beautiful. Um, actually, but- you know what? The album's very huggable. Come here, album. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but Lau really is... So he was kind of in a tough bind, and... Um, you know, like sometimes these artists choke, um, you know, from being stuck in between really, really strong acts. And, you know, this man... Plus, you know, Nafi's very hyped up right now. Absolutely. So the pressure's on. So he has a really great support system because Nafi is, um, 
Nafi, he's part of Nafi, and so Nafi, I, I actually I'll look up what Nafi stands for because it's really kind of fun. It's like non-conforming it's, it something. It stands for something? It stands for something. Something, oh yeah, something, some kind of chaos magic thing. No, no, no. I'll, I made that up. I'll, I'll research it after, and like we'll talk about it after the. Uh, but they're into the some songs. kind of like chaos internet magic deep web. Well, the, the, they are very that. So Nafi <laughs> is a a uh, DJ slash producer collective from Mexico City. I think they were once based in Guadalajara though. Um, and uh, but yeah, but they're in Mexico City, and these are the guys that turn the party. I mean, this is if Nafi or any producer from Nafi is is you know. And doing... I witnessed this firsthand in at South by Southwest. I mean, yeah, exactly, and that and that's 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 why I want to talk about Lao because it it'll lead into beautifully into our South by Southwest segment. It's just that like Nafi are these producers that really think outside the box. It's club music that's not clubby, you know, it's mm. pop music that's not pop at all. Um, it's dark, but there's a levity to it that's really just, it, I mean, it's always fun. Um, you know, a lot of these producers or DJs just are so cool and they don't like, I don't care. And they just press play. These guys are just jumping and dancing and jamming and it's like, you know, the one guy is playing and then all the other Nafi guys get on, on like behind the booth and they're all just dancing. And it's just... That's the thing. They're like deathly hip, but they're bringing this like super fun vibe where Absolutely. it's like... But maybe that's why people actually like it. Absolutely. And so um, we're, you know, going... going. Obviously now we're going to just stop talking about them and actually play some music. Um, yes, yes. But what I... So what I want to do um, since, you know, with our little format of like two songs back to back, this, this, this song... Um, well, this little block, it's going to be two Lao songs. Um, and first I'm going to play Excursion, which is a, uh, a recent track. It's off a, one of his upcoming EPs. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a title yet. Um, and so Excursion definitely highlights the darker aspect of Nafi's music. And then the second song, it's, uh, it's called Vuela, which is a remix of a really garbagey, fantastic, like, late 90s, early 2000s pop song by uh, uh, Onda Vaselina, who are this, like, again, really trashy, garbagey pop group from Mexico. And so, I can't wait. And so these two are contrasting, they're opposing points of view that also really um, highlight to me what the Nafi experience is like. You are now listening to the world fucking famous Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Boom. Boom. So I want to hear what the original that song sounded like. You want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to play this thing for you. It's so good. So, it so was, like, we get the idea. Right. All right. So this is cool. I'm really, I'm so into that because like, okay, this is, this is, so this was Lao. So this is Lao's genius. Okay. He took this song and it was almost like a subtractive process, the remix. Mm-hmm. It's like he heard the grime song in it. Yes. And carved it away until it, there was a grime track and it's amazing. And... It, it's like not so much like he turned one thing into another as like he brought the grime out of it and then turned it into chip tune towards the end or some kind of breakbeat thing going on and all right all right man yeah I mean the man is uh, it uh, I don't even know how to describe this song it's just it's it's just really satisfying and again it that's off- the other thing is like gives you like the payoff where it's not I'm not like sitting there going oh this is interesting okay you did a good job with that I'm like I'm like going hey. I'm like jumping. I'm, you should see how he's looking at me right now. Anyway, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying it's really interesting that it offers a completely valid flip side to you know to this very basic mainstream, still really fun pop song. You know, and and his version is not no less fun. It's just very different, and it's definitely darker. Um, it's more nuanced for sure, but again, it's still, it sort of retains that, um, that whimsy. I mean, it's really, it's really fun. Totally. And like, you know, that's when you say something, when you say like, uh, you know, Lau and Nafi's tracks are, are darker. It's like in, um, in the sense of being nocturnal. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, um, sort of in a, in a, but in a fun way of like, a, you know, oh, well, we fed the gremlins after midnight kind of way. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it, <laughs> I mean, it's darker with a wink, you know? Um, and I think, I think that serves as a really good transition point, uh, into South by Southwest because Nafi was everywhere. Oh yes. Oh my they God. They were one of those bands or groups in this case that just like, you know, they go really hard the whole time Girl. and it's like, you were going to remember us. They were everywhere. I mean, um, uh, how many times did you see them? Well, I mean, because again, everybody had sort of their own gig or whatever. I saw them twice, but I drank a lot, so maybe three times. <laughs> like I know for sure. I know for a fact I saw them twice. Um, <clears throat> I saw them at the Tech Live Showcase. Uh, which is the one Ooh, that... I would have liked to have been at that. And also, yeah. that's a good combination there. It was really fun, exactly. So it was like, it was a it was a Tech Life DJ followed by a Nafi DJ, and it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I got to see 
Um, I got to see... I missed Mexican Jihad, um, but I got to see Zoot Suit, and I got to see Lao. Um, and I think I got to see, like, DJ PayPal or something, but that he's a tech life guy. Um, but it was really, really fun. And so, like, um, the, the ringleaders, or, I mean, I don't know, maybe not ringleaders, but, like, you know, main head guys at NAFI are Mexican Jihad. Um, and, uh, Fausto Bahia, um, whose real name is Tomas, but whatever. Um, and so like you could see them everywhere and like, cause Nafi's really clever. They, they are, um, really good at branding. Uh, they have their sweatshirts, they have their t-shirts. Um, no shame, no fear. Well, no shame or fear. And that's actually something that's really interesting. So Mexican Jihad, for example, is gay and he's very, uh, is very open about it. And Nafi is very open about like, you know, being very, like, equal opportunities, and this is, you know, a perfectly welcoming queer space, and, you know, all, like, they're, you know, and so, like, if you, I, I follow them, I follow most of them on Instagram, they're just really funny guys, and they're all, like, they all talk about each other as locas, and, like, you know, it's, it's so it's really, really cool, um, they're all super, super chill, I have a crush on about half of them, um, they're just cuties, um, but yeah, um, no, I mean, and they were they were a great time. You got to see them at Remescla, right? At yep, the at Remescla the Remescla party? party. Yeah. What What did you think? It was It was a good time. Um, I was extremely tired, but that that helped me wake up. And then you know, of course, they they found or they they brought a a Vogue crew, mm-hmm. and it just everyone was like losing it. They were like, "What is happening?" Yeah, it was. It was a good scene. Well, I, and I can't believe I actually forgot to, to, to say that part about Normal because Lao did that at Normal. Um, he had the House of Apocalyptic um, come on stage and, and perform with them. And it was really cool. Um, cause I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah, that was really, really special because um, Lao's set was long. For some reason, the electronic sets on Saturday um, at, at Normal were really long. Um, they, like, everybody had, like, an hour and a half long set, which, you know, the next day everybody was cut down to, like, 45 or 50 minutes. It was, it was a lot tighter on Sunday. Um, so Lao was able to tell a really, really, like, um, comprehensive story. So he started out with some grime and then, you know, sort of, like, started livening up the mood. And then all of a sudden you hear that bum bum, that, like, ball, that classic ball sound effect. And then... You know, the MC, like, you know, um, I forget the name of the MC, but she comes out in this, you know, one piece, satiny leather sort of house coat. It's just terrible and oh, fantastic. So, so clearly they were phoning it in once they got to South by Southwest. Um, no, no, no. I mean, they just... In comparison. Well, no, I mean, they just approached a different crew, obviously. The, 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 the Vogers at South by Southwest were not the ones from, from Mexico City, for sure. They were great, though. It was crazy. There was, like pasties mm-hmm. and wigs. Oh, I saw and, the hat. The hat was my favorite. And yeah, the, the Spanish hat with the pom-poms on it. It was, that was so the best. Good. That I really like, one. that was art. It was just, that took my breath away. When I went to Spain, I just, des- I was desperately looking for one of those hats. I was like, I need this. I'll have to keep my eye out. For <laughs> Please one. do. Um, when I yeah. get you one, that'll be from Party City. Oh, it, I don't want a part- I like, I want like my Chile hat. Like, I'll, a- I'll look out for a real one. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, so yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's just like a really cool welcoming space. And again, like it, you know, um, with, with, with that stuff, like when it's like non-queer artists using a queer art form, uh, like voguing, there's definitely sort of that like raised eyebrow, uh, are we being appropriated? 
But again, the general internal culture of Nafi, that it's so welcoming. They have, you know, queer members um, that, you know, all goes out the window. Like, it, I mean, it's just really all fun and good spirits. It's empowering. It's about lifting. Um, it's really just about, you know, are you talented? Welcome. Um, and and I'm, I'm really into that. Um, and so, well, let's talk about some other folks that we saw at... Um, at South by. Who do you want to start with, Bev? Actually, since uh, we were just talking about the Remesclis showcase, we could talk about Audrey Nix. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you, you were there for that as well. I was. And, you know, the the memory of that set grows on me and grows on me, and I'm just, I'm really interested in her and, mm-hmm. and where she's going to go. You know, because she's, she's very young, she's very new, but I feel like she has her own style, and there's something very fresh about it. How drunk were we at that at that party? I had just started drinking. I oh had, really? I had like had a beer. I had not even finished a beer. Oh no! I like the moment I walked in, I was full on perriando at the front of the stage. Uh, no, I really don't think that was alcohol though. <laughs> you were just full of joy de vivre. That night was the most fun I had, especially like at the remezcla after party that was at some random house in the burbs, um, which is the best kind. Well, it was really funny because, like, it was, you know, the main editors at Remezcla, they, they all Airbnb'd that house. Not one of them was in sight. They, the moment they got back from the party, they all passed out, and it was just like, okay, here's a space for, like, really lit party. Um, and it was just amazing. I didn't leave it until, like, 5 or 6 a.m. I, I really like a house way out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> for a party, especially when you show up and you're not really sure where the hosts are or who right. they are. Mm-hmm. That's really, I think, a good recipe for memories. It was the most American experience I think I've ever had because it was literally like, I don't think I've ever walked into a house party in the U.S. And it was really, really fun. I was like, am I in a teen movie? Um, Wait, you've never walked into a house party in the U.S.? You've never walked into a house party in the U.S. that was really, really fun? Both. Okay. Yeah. There, wait, really? Or okay, either. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Ooh, we really got off track. Anyway, there, yeah. Sorry. So we were going to talk about Audrey Nix. So, I yeah. just love. I really like her sound. You know. I mean, I know she was having sound problems in the beginning, but then towards the end of the set, she really like hit a stride because they fixed the sound problems. This was a big problem at South by Southwest, by the way, folks. You are extraordinarily lucky if you are performing and there's good sound. Sorry. Um. <laughs> um well, let's. You know what? Let's play Audrey Nix. Um. We also have her coupled uh, for this little set with Life, uh, which is a who's a queer performer from New York City. He's a, a, a rapper um, who's just really interesting. And the song that uh, I'm going to play also features Jungle Pussy. Um, so let's just go ahead and play that, and then we can discuss. <laughs> Feliz siempre fingimos Por lo que somos hoy es la mitad de lo que fuimos Este es el punto 
they wanna smoke. I'm gonna make you work, working like you getting paid. That French vanilla South African pecan Type of nigga on stick figure with a dick bigger than Thriller That, that cafe and that Olay Italian sausage or kimchi That black gas all in his face That white cream all on the cake Pussy, drippy, dinus, tongue The body, shaky, going dumb I got a nut for a squirrel I got that lolly for your pop Got that menage for your twop Khalif, they really wanna swirl these two tracks together is not just because they're both rap songs or what have you. Um, I think that there's a good um, sort of contrast, and this is actually something I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, so life um, was really exciting. So he, he played at the North Door um, at South By. So he, uh, South By, he was part of a queer showcase uh, where um, Big Dipper also performed. Christine, who's this really crazy drag queen. I need to find out more about this artist. Have you heard of Christine? Based on your description, she's really weird, um, and she's fantastic. And but again, and like, um, and Jungle Pussy was was uh, life's guest, um, and it was a turned up show. I mean, it was. It wasn't like, oh, this is you know, it's queer and it's like a safe space. It wasn't none of that. It was none of that. This was a concert, you know. It just happened to be real, like, you know, sexually divergent uh, people on the stage. But it was, it, this was a concert. And, you know, it, it was really, really fun. And it was lit. 
and people were just dancing and going crazy and life was giving you energy. He had dancers. He's giving you life. He was giving me life, girl. Wow. <laughs> wow. How did I not see that? It was it, You walked into it. It was so good. Um but then, you know, um the Audrey Nix show, um, I don't think that was the same night, was it? Um mm, No, because life was when I got to see <clears throat> El Otro Grupo. Oh from Colombia. Okay. Well, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But, um, so anyway, but that like... the Miss Garrison showcase. Oh, I was there at that show. Yeah, and then you went to life. Oh, is that when Chicano Batman played? I didn't stay for Chicano Batman. But yeah, Chicano Batman. That because there was some Garrison. guys who said, are you ready for the funk? And I said, no. Oop. And I went home. <laughs> um, but again, the reason I wanted to, to, to have these two artists back to back and these two tracks back to back is because... So Audrey Nix's show, so you mentioned sound issues. I don't think it was the sound. Well, it started with, there, was, there were sound issues. Right. She said on, over, on the mic. She needed more that, in the vocals. She, she said on the mic that it was her second time ever performing live. And am I going to shit on somebody for starting out? Absolutely not. Um, we all have to start somewhere. Is South by Southwest the place to perform ever for the second time? No. Hey, but you get you get offered a gig. What are you gonna do? It, that is true. But you we know take what? it because I do that. But she's been getting hyped for a long, long time. I mean, you know, you know how like certain artists like become darlings of like so Remescla, for example. Remescla loves Audrey Nix. And, and that's fine. She's talented. I mean, her rhymes are awesome. The beats, uh, the, you know, that are with her work with Overlord are, is phenomenal. Yes. Um, and I mean, I was listening to that today and I think that there's a real, um, there's a real like chemistry there. Yeah, absolutely. That's important. Oh, and Overlord was, uh, he was, he was her DJ at, uh, at the, at the show at the, at the Perreo party. Um, and so again, I'm not like, I'm not, you know, sitting here being like, Audrey Nix sucked. It's just, you okay, know, maybe, you know, the set was not perfect. Okay. And that's the thing is like, okay, I'm not saying I was, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she had me going. I'm like, there's something here and I'm really for like a second performance to be able to go and say there's something here. And I'm really excited for like you know, how this person develops as a talent and an MC. Absolutely. That, you know, that says something. I mean, she's been making waves now, I want to say for about two years. Um, it was really over kind of like over the last six to eight months that she's really sort of kind of like blown up a bit. And in- I can see why, you know, Remesla in particular would be very excited about her because like the recording that, that she's put out is very solid. Absolutely. Um, some people might say it's all on one level. But um, I feel like it's more like just very smooth, very fluid. It the way one great. song flows into another, yeah. and I just, I don't know. It's just like I love um, in a synesthetic kind of way. There's like it's like uh, very satiny the whole way through. I mean, you know, and her voice and her flow and all of that. I really think she's got her own style. It's kind of like um, a very feminine version of like you know Drake's sing rapping. So it's very modern, right? Okay. And then, but also, um, and it's it's cool. It's like kind of like uh, I really appreciate when like a woman is an MC and doesn't feel like you know she has to be loud just to like try to like drown out like men or compete with that level of like volume, boisterousness. Yeah, you don't have. It's like you can, and if that's what's inside you, that's great. But like, don't feel like you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, like find. I really feel like there's a lot of like women MCs night right now who are like kind of finding their own voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like 
um, you know, it might be like kind of like a more feminine voice and there are like other styles like that. And it's sort of, it's something that's being explored now. And I'm, I'm super excited for it, frankly. Well, I mean, in Latin music in particular, I feel, and, and again, I, you know, I might be in the minority here, but I feel like women are really the ones pushing hip hop forward. I, 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 I feel like, you know, women are making much better hip hop than men in, again, in Latin music, you know, someone like, I feel that way in like English music. I mean, frankly, because like Mm. people ask me about hip hop. I'm like, most of the people I'm listening, most of the MCs I listen to are women. I mean, and it, well, in English, but in English, it's a much more uh, male-dominated genre. This is so, true. like, I mean, a lot of uh, it's harder for female MCs to be heard. Oh, where in Latin and music, yet I don't really want to hear anybody else. And sometimes. that's hey, hey, I don't yeah, know. Who could blame you? I mean, there's there's a lot more to talk about than you know, bitches and money. Like, I mean, I, just just day burger. Day Um. But, you know, like, in Latin music, like, you got Ana Tiju, you got Maluka, you know, you got some really, true, really, really great true. MCs. Even Rita Indiana was, like, rapping, you know, uh, there's there's a lot like, of... Yeah, even in, like, the mainstream, too. But then, like, also, uh, and, like, for La a long Llegros. time. Yeah. Uh, Nina Dios. Yeah. I, I know not like, everyone not, loves her. Yeah, I, I like, like, her. Mm, I'm like She's mm-hmm. good. She's a, she's a really strong MC. Mala Rodriguez. True. You know, like, True. again, female that MCs... Is, that is uncontested. Female MCs are killing the game in Latin music. In particular, because also in, 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 in Spanish language hip-hop, uh, hip-hop tends to be more political in, again, in Spanish language. It, it tends to be more political. It tends to be more... Um, you know, sort of socially oriented. Do you think it's because it never became as mainstream and like top forty as in the U.S.? Um, possible. I mean, Latin America does not love hip hop, um, so it's sort of like without like the incentive to write like pop songs that are like about sex and drugs and money. Then maybe it's that you know, hip hop in Latin America just kind of stayed. Um, the way it was when it probably, you know, when people first started getting into it in Latin America. Yeah. So it stayed like the underground, uh, culture sort of prevailed. Yeah. I this mean, is a theory, just a theory. Well, it's, it's interesting. And I came up with it just now. With really with the rise of reggaeton, which draws so much from American hip hop. Indeed. Um, you know, with the popularity of it, there's definitely a market has kind of been carved out. Uh, for hip hop, um, so that that takes the hip that that like sort of fills the hip hop shaped space absolutely in the culture absolutely. I see. Um, and then again, like you know, um, hip hop uh, in Latin America, and again in in the in the Latin indie uh, sector, it also pulls a lot. Like Latin indie tends to draw a lot from um, you know who you are, your background, right? So like. If you are from Argentina, you're probably going to, like, maybe throw in some tango or some cumbia in there. Or, like, if you're a rapper in, in Brazil, you're probably going to sa- sample Tropicalia or, you know, samba. Or... Yeah, and regional influences like that are a big reason why, like, I'm interested in Absolutely. all these scenes. Mm-hmm. It's, like, what makes so much of it sound fresh. Well, and, and so now there's sort of this, this um, sort of this alternate uh, or, or sort of a subculture within Latin hip-hop of like, well, yeah, you know, um, being socially and politically conscious is important, but some of us just want to party. And so that's where you have acts like Why Does Dino Alive or Fuete Billete, 
um, or Alvaradilla sort of coming out of left field and being like, well, girl, we're just going to turn the fuck up. And it's just like, you know, they're making like, they're making the traditional, you know, bitches and money sort of kind of music. And it's like, and that, and, and they're being received really well. And so like, I don't think Audrey Nix, for example, is, is particularly political in any other way than just by existing that she's, you know, she is a female MC, um, making it in Puerto Rico, which is just period a, you know, um, a male dominated industry. And again, in Latin indie, I mean, in, in, in any industry, they tend to be male dominated unless it's like birthing. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, so I think there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of male doulas, but I'd love to meet some. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we can't all be seahorses, right? <laughs> um, but so yeah, so again, but my point the the point that you know we've we've distanced ourselves from at this point is just like she's been on the scene. I'm gonna say conservatively two years. She's probably been around for a little bit longer. She's been making waves over the past year. You're telling me this is the only the second gig you've ever booked? Like, I mean, girl, you're in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico loves hip-hop. Book a gig. Book a gig. Maybe there aren't a lot of places to play. I don't believe that The scene all. takes place... You know, scenes take place on the internet now. True, but I don't believe that at all. You were like, oh, right. You were just there. Playing shows. Whatever. No, but you were just there. You were just in Puerto Rico. You saw that there's a scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there are music venues. I'm not... I don't know if there's, like... I don't know if, like, the hip-hop scene, if there's, like, a crazy live hip-hop scene. But everybody knows each other. That's the thing. It's just, like, you know, AJ Davila's brother is in Fuerte Villete. And the guys from Fuerte Villete know the guys in Juarez Taino, which is in DR, not Puerto Rico. Um... You know, and then, um, you know, everybody in Puerto Rico knows each other. You know, the Buscabulla people know Los Waltes. You know, so it's just like, I'm sure that, I mean, maybe it's a matter of hype. You know, maybe it's a matter of like, you know. It's the thing, like sometimes people get excited because they want an artist to exist. Right. And, you know. Because I definitely want Audrey Nix to exist. I, there's, a, there's a place for her, and she's necessary. And I, you know, I think she's, she's about to be here. Mm-hmm. Because the music is good. Uh, she just needs practice. I think it's maybe like the whole Lana Del Rey effect, where, like, everybody was really excited for her, and then eventually when, like, they saw her live, it was like, ooh, mm-mm. And, you know, when, like, a person is, like, very um, used to the studio, which, mm-hmm. like, a lot of MCs are these days, you know, it can take some time to, like, find your footing on stage. You know, yeah, and like figure out how you express yourself in a live setting, and you know, I would go see her again. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I, I definitely would as well. I just need her to practice more. I don't, I don't want to go to her third live performance ever. I'm because <laughs> I feel like not a whole lot will have changed. Well, um, I, I, I hope she, I hope she keeps emceeing. And that's the thing, like you know, in the old days, people used to come up more in like MC battles and things like that. Yeah, people you know. used to come up on a stage. Now you like, you know, you you come up rapping over beats that you got on SoundCloud. You um, know. And I think actually this this sort of conversation leads into beautifully into like sort of our next set, which is about you know the, the live performances. I think yes. I think some people live. You you were mentioning before some people live just sound better than on the record, or just mm-hmm. extraordinarily different. Yeah, and like sometimes it's you know because like people haven't found their voice in the studio if yeah. you're a live band, you know, or you let someone else talk you into some shit. <clears throat> <laughs> Oops. Shots fired. It, you know, sometimes it happens. Um, 
I don't know. So, so I think these are probably the ones that we're going to go with next. Who do you, yes, yes. you want to start with? Yes, yes, Los Nasties. You want to start with Los Nasties? Yes. What, okay, so you have something to say about Los Nasties. Say it. Well, just, just, well, I mean, like, we were both there. Yeah. Um, you know, I was expecting good things. You know, on, on record, they sound, you know, this is a band from Spain. They're a garage rock band. Definitely over the line into garage punk. And, you know, on the record, they sound like, Pleasantly derivative of Black Lips, um, very fun. Work. Um, you know, I was not blown away, but I was excited to see them live. And live, they're they're feral. They they chew your face off in in the most tuneful, rocking way possible. And it just we witnessed greatness. We really did. And with that, here comes Los Nasties. Never digas never. posted on Instagram. I posted that and I was like, oh, this is the cutest thing in South by Southwest. And I stand by that. Oh, you like saw a picture and you took a picture of I took of a picture the of them dancing. Yeah, I'm a creep. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Heinz. I'm, I'm a creep. My own podcast is called Music Creep. Work. Song Creep. Song Creep. <laughs>
Okay, so I'm very into that. Very like 90s alt rock, rainy day, gloomy feeling, but it's called Land of Aloha. I don't know. <laughs> this is the first time you've, you've seen Miss Garrison, right? That was, yeah. Did you get to see them once or more? No. Yeah, just once. Okay. Just once. And I was like, I was very into it. They're a really great band. They're, they're one of these bands where I'm like, I don't care what language you speak. You need to see this band. You need to get their album. Get on it, people. What's wrong with you? Well, I mean, a lot of their um, a lot of their songs are in English. I mean, they go back and forth, English to Spanish, English to Spanish. Um, All the more reason. Yeah. Well, and I tend to prefer that over when uh, acts do like clearly. You know, you're from like a little town in Peru. Why are you singing in English? Like, that's not authentic to yeah, your songwriting. And it's always disappointing to me when you know someone's like. In it, the, there's the question that like Western press like always asks somebody who sings in English when that's not their native language. It's like, oh, what is why why do you so why do you sing in English? And oftentimes people will say, oh, it's the language of rock and roll, or it's like yeah. what all our favorite bands sing in. And I'm just like, that's not quite satisfying as an answer. Um, I remember when I when I uh, interviewed Natalia Clavier. Uh, you know, who is a, I mean, soloist, jazz singer and all that stuff. But she's also, she also works with Thievery Corporation. And uh, her first album is uh, in Spanish. Uh, she's Argentine. Um, and then her second album goes, about half of it is in English. And, it, you know, and I asked doesn't her. She, doesn't she sing in Portuguese sometimes too as well? Um, possible. Uh, Thievery Corporation, you know, they'll sing in Arabic. I mean, they'll do everything. Thievery Corporation is, you know, crystallized world music. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, I was derailing you. Well, but the point, the point is, you know, and like we, we, when we were talking about it, she's like, I live in the U S and I've lived in the U S now for a few years. And, you know, I started to think and dream in, in English. And so it just, it felt real and it felt organic. And that's satisfying. Exactly. That feels right. You know, and like, if you have something to say, say it in the most authentic or honest possible way. And I, and again, I feel like with Miss Garrison, because again, Franz Traub is, uh, who's the singer of, of, um, of Miss Garrison, her English is great. Her English is fine. You know, so like if she, if she has a song to, to write or sing in English, more power to her. Um, again, I just, I, exactly like you said before, like, oh, when people are like, oh, it's the language of rock and roll or whatever. No, it's not. Rock and roll is an attitude, not a language. I agree with that. I yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I mean, but like there can be like, I think there are mitigating factors sometimes. Like I remember um, reading a quote once where like CSS, um, the Brazilian group, mm -hmm. they, um, <clears throat> they said that they recorded in English because they thought it was fun. They were just sort of like playing with words and it sort of inspired them to play with words that like, you know, weren't weighted with like a lot of cultural meaning for them. Right, and that ended up being like kind of fun. I think that that shows in their in how like fun and playful their lyrics are. So you know, and like you know, sometimes people, I think people, um, you know, if they're studying English as a second language, they want to practice it. They might do it by like writing song lyrics. Yeah. You know, it's like a fun way. Like, um, I remember Edith Wharton. I remember wrote. I think it was Ethan Frome originally in French because she wanted to practice her French. I don't know. Full disclosure, I'm a music journalist who sometimes makes things up, but I think I, I think that's true. I mean, I, PolitiFact will not be fact-checking our, I, uh, yeah. our podcast, so that's fine. I um, failed that year of English. I think, um, I mean, the final thought on that is just that, you know, I think music 
at its most compelling is when it's honest and it's real and it's, you know, and it's organic. So, and you can tell that, you know, optimism be damned. If something is manufactured and there's, there's no emotional reality in it coming from anyone, someone's going to notice. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, but other than that, again, I, I've actually had the chance to see Miss Garrison live before. Um, and they're a good time. They're just a really good time. They're tons of energy. Um, great guitar work. Um, the, you know, uh, but again, Fran is really a star. Like she's the drumming. She's a killer drummer. She, she will like, she will sit behind the drum kit for like half the set and then she'll be like, all right, I'm over this. And she'll get to like the front of the stage and be a proper front woman. While but also this, drumming. While also drumming, which is just nuts. Um, no, she's she's extraordinary. And, you know, she had the audience going. Like, you know, it's South by Southwest. People wander in and out. <laughs> people started wandering in and mm-hmm. they stayed. Yep. And, you know, there were people there who weren't sure what's going on. You know, who are these bands? Some lady was complaining to her boyfriend. She wanted to go someplace cooler. <laughs> but as soon as Miss Garrison started playing, everyone was like, whoa. Yeah, just hippies were dancing. It was it was an Austin moment. It was great. Actually, that Maggie Mays uh, showcase was one of the better ones because I, I saw them at a at a different show uh, earlier in the week. But I, um, we saw actually I think we saw Los Nasties and Miss Garrison back to back that night. Ooh, um, I was at the wrong show. Or were you not? No, 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 no. I wasn't at, there. At, at was, the Maggie Mays show. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were back to back. Wait, Miss who? What? Los Nasties played first, and then Miss. Oh, Garrison I showed played, up. I think. Just as Miss Garrison was going on, oh, okay. I missed Los Nasties. Oops, I think it. But I'd also I'd already seen them, and remember you were like, "Where are you?" you know, oh yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. But anyway, but like that was Where a really really was good. I? That was a really good showcase because yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. Grenda opened the night. Yes, and I missed Grenda. Grenda opened. Uh, then it was Los Nasties. Then it was Miss Garrison, and that's around the time that I left. But there was El Otro Grupo, and then there was Chicano Batman. They were closing the night. Um, so that was already going to be like... There's another weird funk band in the middle. Maybe, but I... I couldn't stick it out for them. They killed it for me. I I lost my music boner and I had to go home. (laughs) Well, um, but that night, that's when there were a lot of shows. I think that was like on Thursday. Because like, I remember I went to like four or five different, uh, places. So yeah, so next up, uh, we're going to talk about Mueran Humanos. (laughs) Um, who are this dope... A uh, band from I mean they're I don't, I don't want to say they're from Argentina but they are Argentine. I believe they're from Argentina. Well, they're and they're based in they're, Germany. They're Argentine, but the they started the band when they met in Barcelona. Oh, um, yeah, they've not like so th- they're Argentinian. The band is Barcel is Spanish. Yeah, exactly. So like um, I mean because they are both both members, uh, Carmen Burgues and Tomas Nochev. Um, Nochev. I don't know. I think it's not not Steph. Um, they're both Argentine, um, but they they both met while they were based in in Barcelona, and then uh, as of a few years back, they have been based in Berlin. So that's why, like you know, saying that they're from Argentina is a little tentative. Fair um, enough. But it's so. And I mean, I don't know. Just somehow they 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 sound like a band that's Argentinian, but started in Spain and is now in Berlin. It, they it, really do. That's exactly what they say. Whatever you're picturing when I say that, that's what they sound like. It really sounds like you've taken this uh, this idea and then run it through all these international filters. Um, and so, yeah, and so they're really, really great. Um, they are, you know, on the heavier end of the spectrum, uh, but they're also really experimental. They're very weird. Uh, they can get a little shouty. They can get a little electronic. Um, you know, there's... Somewhere along the lines, like if you know, just similar to Nine Inch Nails, 
I, I, I get a little weary of making comparisons like that because I don't ever want to throw these people in a box. You know, I don't, I don't want you to go in thinking, oh, I don't like, like Nine Inch Nails, so I'm not going to like this. There's an industrial vibe, but it's very updated. Absolutely. You know. um, yeah, because it's like... Aren't they on Sacred Bones? I couldn't say. Kind of a neo-goth kind of a thing going on. But it's definitely like, there's, there's sort of like, it's sort of metal that sometimes gets a little dancey. And so, um, and it gets a little screamy. Um, but they're just really, really cool. And I actually had the chance to meet, to meet, uh, meet, uh, Nicolas. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, that was a great show. Um, Tomas, why did I call him Nicolas? No. Um, but yeah, I had a chance to meet him after the gig at the Iron Bear. And he's like, oh my God, that's like the worst we've ever sounded. Um, which is a thing for, I think a lot of the artists, uh, many artists were not so happy with the sound quality. Um, that's South by Southwest for you. Yeah, there, and that's that's one thing, and we'll talk about that in the uh, on in, in the next uh, part of the segment um, about like live performances and sound and things like that. Okay, um, but can can we take a moment? Can I can I talk about Algodon Egipcio? Well, we're that's why I wanted to. Are talk we going to get to that? that? Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about that. We all need to talk about Algodon Egipcio. We're definitely going to talk about everybody. That. Any, <laughs> okay. Um, and on that note, uh, we're going to go into Muenan Humanos. This is off their new album, Miseris. Um, let's have a listen. I thought they sounded great. Que fría soy. No conseguí. Yo caminé 
All right, and that's Sotomayor. Um, I think we can both agree that Sotomayor was sort of one of our, like up there was with Los Nasties. Sotomayor was like one of our big discoveries oh, from yeah. South by. I mean, we were both familiar with the band, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But uh, and I'd listened to their music before without being like super excited about it. Yeah. And now that I've seen them and I I, I see like how um, atmospheric and how much they they are and how much chemistry they have live, I understand the recording, you know, it's a lot more, um, so, like, as I was listening to that, I was grooving to it a lot more the first time I, I've heard it. Like, this band mm-hmm. just grows on me and grows on me. Well, I think, it, you know, and even, like, when we were t- just listening to Los Nasties before, I was a little bit like, you know, oh, this song, oh, this song, I remember this live. You know, like, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make as strong of an impact until you've seen it live. And, that, like, I, I, um, when I was in Mexico City, I actually bought their vinyl, um, this, that was a track Salvaje from their, that, the, the and, and that's the title track from the album Salvaje, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and, you know, and I've been listening to the album and it's, it's really good, first of all, first and foremost. No, it's really well done. But it's like, it's really like low key. It's really like. It was too mellow for me. That it, was the thing. Exactly. And it's like, but it's, it's, it's heavy on the percussion. Um, you know, like the. I think they're brother and sister, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't uh, know the, that. the singer and the percussionist. That is that is interesting to find out. I I've heard that they're brother and sister. I might be wrong. Maybe it's like a white stripes thing. Maybe I don't think that there's that much thought into. Okay. <laughs> because they were divorced, um, and then they claimed that they were brother and sister, which is kind of cute and kind of creepy. A really creepy. Um, but no, but yeah, um, the the again the the main guy. I, I guess I should have researched his name, but he's a, uh, he does like the percussion and a lot of the compositions and the arrangements. And then, uh, the singer, she's really, really charismatic. Yes. Um, she does like the sort of like tribal face paint. Um, and you know, she, do you remember the outfit she was wearing when we went to see them at Lucille? It was like the top half of a kimono. Right. Over like jeans and sneakers i think it was so it just, cool it, it was, was like who wears a kimono with like some cut off shorts and like some high top converse like that was so rad she made it look completely natural and mm-hmm. also somehow made me believe she was queen amidala yes. it just very casual like this is how queen amidala looks on a sunday when she's going to the flea market yeah, just doing whatever so you know you got to pick up some like artisanal pots you're getting some brunch <laughs> work. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, but again, I think, did you, did, I forget if I got to see them more than once. Um, I think that was, that's the night that really stood out to me is just when we saw them at, at Lucille. Um, and that was just a really fun show. And again, they were really, really great live. And I, to, again, that to me. No, because then like, you know, their low keyness you realized was, is actually just like, subtlety and there's a lot of layers and the band really plays together and listens to each other and it's like it's the kind of performance where it's like almost like watching a high wire act where you're you're watching them you know exchange energy and you know play off each other and you know there aren't a lot of live bands that are that good well and it's music that like it really you get swept up in because like you don't it's I, i love a lot of these bands where like yeah, a lot of the music maybe on the record, it's it's a little, um, you know, it's it's a little ambient, uh, not ambiental, like a little ambient. Like, no, but not ambient. It's very like moody. Like it, 
it sort of like wraps you up. There's definitely, it's atmospheric is the word I'm looking for. Yes. And that's Um, the thing is like this band is incredibly atmospheric live and it doesn't show up as much on the record. And I really think it could. But it's different because again, on the record, I feel like it is very, again, it is very atmospheric and it creates a mood, but you don't, it takes you by surprise because you don't realize when it's happening live that you're getting really wrapped up in it. That the that the beats, that the drumming True. is actually sort of like creeping inside of you. And so totally. like after a while you find yourself doing a little bit more than swaying. You're actually like really bopping to it. And then like you're just sort of like four songs in and you're like really, really jamming. No, in a way, they're a very, very seductive band. Absolutely. And it's sort of, I don't know, I guess it's sort of like it's easier to distance yourself from them on record. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe they can, they could work on that. It was really fun. And again, like, and I think they also had some sound issues uh, that day uh, at Lucille. Um, and again, this is, this is the, you know, one of the great things about South by Southwest, obviously, and which is the reason uh, people continue to come all over the world. Um, it's because it's great exposure. You know, it's a great resume builder saying that you've played at, at South by Southwest, even if you aren't one of no, the official a, artists. A, you've got that South by Southwest stamp. Boom. You know, and so like it's that's why a lot of these artists are willing to put themselves through the ringer. And, you know, because then mean, you're officially an up and coming band. Yeah. I mean, you're an up and coming band who's played, you know, a major festival of international renown, um, you know, and that's why you have all these people just like crashing on someone's couch or airbnb it for $1,000 a night. You know, it could be either. Um, and, and you know, it's preposterous. And so, like, a lot of it, obviously, a lot of things have to be sacrificed. And so, um, you know, a lot of, like, the live aspect of it kind of gets lost. Which uh, is funny because Austin is the quote-unquote live music capital of the world. Of the world, really? That's what they say. Uh, maybe of the U.S. And even yeah. then, I got them a little like iffy about that. Yeah, they—that's just what they say. Like in Las Vegas, they say Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world, and I'm like, I don't know. Okay, depends on what you're entertained by. I mean, we are the top messy music podcast of in the world. That's true. But even that, you know, I, we yeah, we don't know what kind of our competition is. We haven't looked into this. We haven't done market research. Um, but anyway. podcasts. <laughs> um, imagine like we're just going to get into like the podcast app and just search mess and see what happens. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, and, you know, and so that's why you have someone like, like Muena Numanos who, who actually really do have a very, um, polished sort of live, sh- live show. Oh, they know what they're then, doing. And then being like, yeah, that was terrible. And you as an audience member maybe don't get it. Like, maybe you don't see it the, the way that they do, the level of perfectionism. Um, but again, even Sotomayor had difficulties with, like, vocals at first, and then, you no, know... No, like, the, the sound at that particular showcase was terrible. Was so just really imagine, bad. like, what these bands are like in their natural habitat. Well, and then you have what happened to Algo and Egipcio, um, who, you know, and that was that was really sad. It was it was very sad what happened I wasn't them. there for that part. Oh, you weren't there for that? No, I went somewhere else. Well, a lot of people did. And a lot of it was because of the sound. And, you know, Algo Don Egipcio, um, you know, and uh, people who, who know him personally obviously already know that he's a, like, kind of a quiet, kind of a shy guy. Um, and you can definitely get that from his music. The music is very, is very mellow. It's very laid back. I mean, the, the new album, La Confianza Ciega, is definitely, was definitely a, a jump forward for him stylistically. In so many ways. In so many ways. Um, and, um, you know, and so he played at the uh, Sound Friend showcase, 
And then the next day played at this other showcase at Lucille, and the, the, the shows were day The sound was good. It was, it was very good. Phenomenal. And I would just like to say that, you know, I wasn't 100% sure how danceable the album would be when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. And then he played the songs live, and I immediately recognized the songs from the album yep. that I liked, and I just was totally dancing. It's... So this is a wonderful thing. I mean, and that Sound Friend Showcase had some really great artists. Had, you know, Algodon Egipcio, Ella Minus, uh, Aloha, Aloha Input or Aloha Input? Aloha Input. It's not Aloha. Okay, it's Aloha. See, I keep getting confused with them. Um, but yeah, but, you know, every single one of these acts had excellent, excellent sound. And so, and and even the artists, um, there were like just regular old music in, insiders, you know, ch- uh Sokio was even there like, complimenting the space for the sound. And then you had the no, next... That, that band, Kreidler, they wanted the recording from the soundboard. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, and they were... The, the, again, the sound... This was at the Townsend um, in downtown Austin, and it was excellent. It Very was chill, excellent cool sound. place. Check it out. Everyone's cool and nice. Yeah, and the drinks are awesome. Um, and then, and, and again, then we're at Lucille, and the, the sound techs were being mean to the artists. And, um, you know, that but... so shitty. Do you know how, like, far these guys travel to play this show? Yep. Like, Keep... legit. Um, and so, like, they, it was just... They were, like... I, was, I remember, because by this point, the sound was so poor, a lot of people had left. And it was myself, Felix Contreras of Alt, of Alt Latino, and, you know, a few, like, maybe, like, ten other people watching Uncle and Heepsio, and which was really sad because like you know this um, is hard for me to hear you guys can't see but I'm, I'm dejectedly peeling off my beer label <laughs> right now but like Los Nasties mm-hmm. and Sotomayor had a had a much more decent crowd and I mean and the crowd was already a little iffy in that part of town um and we'll talk about that a little in like a little bit um was but it, wasn't that St. Patrick's Day that was St. Patrick's Day oh, wasn't it oh god yeah there was like some kind of like shamrock headdress that was like with <laughs> flashing lights that someone had abandoned it was very sad and well just, and and so, like, again, so, so Checky, Algodon uh, Egipcio, his, you know, his live set is a little, it, I mean, it's a little complicated because he plays everything himself, um, you know. Uh, and by the way, he's just not, he's not just a guy who, like, presses play on a laptop. No. He is a performer. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely up there giving it. Um, and again, I think this is also another case of, like, someone that needs more time on a stage because from the last time that I saw him to now, he's definitely grown. Um, you know, at one point he, he, you know, the song, one of the main songs, I think it was, uh, La Estrella Regular. I think that's what, what it was. He just sort of like let it pl- left it playing and then like went, you know, got into the crowd and started dancing with us. Um, and like he did this at the towns and, and that was really fun. And then he did that again at Lucille. And so I'm standing in the front with, again, Felix Contreras, the people from Club Phonograma, and like a couple of other people that I had met at Ruido Fest, and we're all like, we totally got hey, at least the right people were in the crowd for real, right? And so we totally got the struggle of like an artist out here trying to really like show what they got, and then just people being weird and disrespectful, and then again not getting the sound that they wanted. Because like again, like I'm not saying that like the people at Lucille just all of them were dicks because that's not the case, but like there was the sound was not great, and so like multiple artists had had issues and complaints, and so there was definitely frustration there. Anyway, let, let us, let's set this aside, because yeah. I think there's still things to be said about we're on humanos. Oh, yes. We're on humanos. There we go. What happens at South by Southwest sometimes, because it may not have been perfect, but I, I felt like there was a certain magic. 
you know, to them and also to the setting. Like I, I just, I have to say, I really love that. Like I saw them in a bear bar and (laughs) not everyone there got it, but a lot of people did. And to me, it was a perfect moment that I will never forget. Yeah. Just somehow this is like a setting that, that somehow made perfect sense to me. Yeah. And that's that South by Southwest magic. Well, and that's, and again, like that's one of the few kind of um, really positive things of that, of the crowded nature of, of South by Southwest. The fact that there are um, just so many people there and so many bands and so many musicians and there's such demand for space. There just isn't the space for it. So like a lot of times it's random bands stuck together in random places. And in ways so, that are perfectly counterintuitive. Oh my gosh. It's just... And so we're at this, like, a bear bar. Literally, like, you know... It's called the Iron Bear. The Iron Bear, it's... And, you know, it's all hairy gay men, 35 age plus, um, and a bunch of, like, little hipsters. And it was just so random. And, I mean, and everybody was having a great time, but it was a little weird. I mean, and you could tell, like, the guys from Buenos Manos did not care, because they're from Berlin. They're like, whatever. Um... You know, and they're just trying to play their gig. And it was really great. I mean, I had seen them at Festival Normal maybe like three or four years ago, and they were spectacular. It was, again, and for, in my eyes, I saw the same thing. It was just a smaller crowd. But it was like that that raw energy, you know, when they performed El Circulo, that they're just like, no pueden respirar. I mean, yes, I was like right. really like, into it. I just, I love that they brought a lot of energy, but at the same time, they were so completely cool. They are so cool. Like, they might actually be vampires. I'm not sure if they have a pulse. <laughs> um, Berlin will turn you into a vampire if, if there was ever a place that'll do that. Um, but yeah, no, Muera Humanos and Sotomayor definitely, for me, were uh, some of the, uh, the live um, highlights. Speaking of live highlights, maybe let's go next door from Lucille's, like mm-hmm. we did in South by Southwest. Yep. And we saw Mon Laferte, which we predicted was going to be rad. Yep. And you guys are never going to believe this, but it was, it, she far exceeded our expectations, our wildest dreams. I think we can say she was maybe like our, uh, she was definitely my favorite live performance that I got to see at, at South by for sure. She took a piece of my heart back to Mexico. Yeah. You know. Um, and so we played her, we played her track, uh, Tu Falta de Querer, uh, in our last episode, which is just, you know, her just wailing at like, you know, her, her lover that has jilted her. And, and I mean, and that's really what it is. She has this great, very dramatic voice. I the feel. vocal fry that's very well controlled. Absolutely. Perfect. Like, it, you know, cause like somebody doing vocal runs in Spanish music is, is rather uncommon. Really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like the way that, that Why she, I never noticed that the way that Mon Laferte sings, which is actually like kind of showcasing your vocal range mm-hmm. in like a, where you're like, Oh, like that's not really something they people do very often, unless it's like maybe in like the old school type of music. Like again, like someone like Juan Gabriel or Rocio Durcal, they definitely had like a, a, you know, they definitely were showcasing their vocals. Well, in her case, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. Hello. And she's got it in abundance. But also, I don't know, that that is an interesting um, cultural observation. I mean, in the U.S., you see that a lot with, like, opera right, or R&B. Yep. So why is this, like, not a, a, a cultural phenomenon with any genres we can think of in Latin America? I mean, it's, you know, it's a regional thing everywhere you go. Um, I mean, if you think about in India, how the singing tends to be very, like, high-pitched, very, mm. like, ee- 
you know, like uh, that is, it's it's just the way of of performance that's regional. Um, I mean, where so it's in, just okay. So it, it's sort of there's there's not necessarily needs to be an explanation for things like that. It just no, is. It's just a cultural thing. I mean, I, you know, I think. Um, like, there's just not an emphasis on that. Well, like, R&B, for example, is heavily derived from church, from gospel music, oh, right? So, like, you know, and how do you sing in church? You really feel the spirit and you go for it. And so that's that's where, like, a lot of this, like, African-American music definitely has that sort of um, loud, or not loud, but, like, that major voc- vocals are the highlight there we're in latin america and in, in latin music it's a lot more about the lyrics hmm. um if you got the voice great if you don't got it you don't got it and that's it um and especially now in latin indie that in really just in any kind of indie you don't really need much of a voice as long as you have something to say interesting um, and so that's the thing where like that that really works out um, sort of the bob dylan rule i feel like um mon la verte has she has a lot to say mm-hmm. also yeah. but it's she does it in a very interesting way and I don't know, to me, seeing her live, you know, when I, when I picked my job off the floor, I was like, this is, this must have been what it's like to see Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Amy Winehouse, but it's like, it's that level of talent yeah. that, that transcends tattoos and whatever you have going on. It's the talent shines no matter what. And then, you know, but I, I like Mon Laferte better than Amy Winehouse because... Um, healthier. <laughs> there's that, but also I feel like, um, I feel like Mon Laferte is doing something very arty in a way. Mm. Well, and, 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 and she has like this full band, um, you know, every musician on her band was talented. Um, her voice is legit. She, oh yes. And they did that. They did. That's the other reason they had me going because they were doing ska songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Winehouse did ska songs and also I like ska. And she was like, my boyfriend won't let me listen to it in the house, but (laughs) well, I mean, he's, he's like not in the house, Beverly. Anyway, I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, but like she was like shredding on her guitar. Um, she had like the, the audience in the palm of her hand. I'd like, she was doing shots. Yeah. Um, and she like, at one point she led a chant that was like, fuck you, Trump, I think is what it was really to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't understand what was going on. No, she led a chant, uh, about uh, presidential like, candidate you sing Donald good. Trump. I like your singing. It was in English. No, I, well, maybe that's when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, she and was let spectacular. Let me tell you about the bathroom. Oh no. Anyway, no. Anyway. Um, but yeah, and like, and I actually had the chance to meet her uh, on my flight from uh, from uh, Mexico City to San Antonio. She, we were sitting next to each other. Oh yeah, that's why you you felt obligated to go. Absolutely. But we were going to go anyway. Well, and, and then I ran into her at the Chilean showcase, and she's like, you're coming to my show, right? I'm like, I, yeah, I think so, I hope. Um, and when I realized geography was in my favor, I was like, absolutely, I will be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, and she's just this like really cool, nice person. I met like her management team. I met her band. Um, they were all just talk. We were all just talking and like kind of hanging out. And, you know, so like, I mean, it's, it's always cool to know that like not only is someone talented, but they're a cool person. Um, and so, you I'd know, I'd rather not know sometimes, but you know, I, I respect know. that. I'm, and we're going to take this opportunity uh, to sign out. Um, I think, you know, we've given you guys plenty of music. I think South um, by Southwest proved to be a treasure, tro- a treasure trove of, of music. As it should be. We, we survived and we, we did it so that you don't have to. Hello. We, we brought you everything that is, that is fit to pod and, um, 
Yeah, so now we're going to leave you with something very, very special. Absolutely. And before we go into Mon Laferte, please, you know, keep in mind we are on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, both at Songmess. We are on Twitter. We tweet. On, at Songmess Music. Um, we also have an email in case you'd like to submit some music, uh, unless you have uh, feedback. Send us hate um, mail. The hate mail is fine, girl. Publicity is Contribute good. to the Teach Beverly Spanish Fund. Oh my god, yes. We're going to make that happen. We prom- we're going to start having a Spanish word of the day, I think. Um, but yeah, so, oh, and our email, of course, is uh, songmessmusic at gmail.com. Um, so again, make sure that you guys check us out. We have stickers available, so if you see us somewhere again if and you want one i'm happy to bring you one you know just go ahead and vandalize a wall or a bathroom somewhere oh yeah send a self-addressed stamped envelope to to my house and i will send you a sticker and um i don't know some emergency (laughs) you are just a drug addict ma'am emergency is that's an addiction um it is but uh yeah b vitamins so, again, guys, uh, feel free to reach out to us to any of our social medias or email. Um, again, if you see us at a show, you know, buy us a beer or we'll buy you one just because you're listening and that makes you awesome. Oh, my God. If, you've, if you have listened to a whole episode of Song Mess, I will buy you a beer. That's, hey, that's a promise that you just need to cash in on. Um, so, we're, again, we're going to leave you guys off with Mon Laferte. Again, queen of South by Southwest, queen of Mexico, queen of Chile. Um, she's the fucking best. And this is Amor Completo a beautiful acoustic version of the song. Um, So enjoy, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thanks. Amor
Amor drogado Amor